IPO activity and the Euronext exchange experienced a notable decline. Comparing the first half of 2023 to the same period 2022, there has been a significant 45% drop in capital raised, amounting to 1.8 billion versus 3.2, almost 3.3 billion previously. In the United States, during the first half of 2023, we see a total of 89 IPOs filed and but only 46 priced. 29 are tech related. Now, if you zoom in in Italy, last half of 2022, I think we were like a little bit higher, uh, kind of pushing outside of steadiness. But this uh, half year, we're like pushing back to steadiness, actually almost touching underperformance. Locally, um, the market is keeping up with last year because local investors are more or less um, continuing to operate. Welcome to the Week in Italian Startup, where we discuss the latest highlights happening in the Italian tech and investment ecosystem. Welcome to the Week in Italian Startup, your go-to podcast for the latest updates and insights from the Italian startup ecosystem. How's it going, Nick? It's going great. I'm watching the sea right now, so great day. How about you? Awesome. Yeah, perfect. No, not bad. The heat is uh, is getting there. The Italian summer is uh, is advancing, and we sort of need to, you know, recap a little bit half of the year and see what has been going on. But uh, we'll uh, we'll do it later after we we run through a few a few uh, a few of the latest news. All right. So let's jump right in. Um, starting with JetHR, JetHR, we've been seeing a lot of press about JetHR. So um, JetHR is a dynamic HR startup, uh, basically making a lot of waves in Italy, I would say. Founded just this year, JetHR recently closed a pre-seed funding round, raising about 4.7 million. And the investment came from ExorSeed, together with a syndicate of very renowned uh, seed venture capitalists, entrepreneurs and angels. And um, the big core of Jet HR is to revolutionize uh, HR management by eliminating unnecessary bureaucracy through automated payroll processing, which is uh, which has always been essentially like a big pain point in the sort of Italian entrepreneurial endeavors. So payroll, uh, people management, etc. It's always like a very bit, a very much clunky. So very nice uh, focus for the business. And the idea is to build this intuitive app to, to help companies to do that, essentially. Um, what is interesting, I thought, was the, the kind of the rooster of investor. So it, basically the founders are pretty much building like a sort of a, a all-star uh, early stage investor team for their company, uh, including like just to throw in a few names, uh, Lucas Cani from Lambda Alpha. Dario Brignone and Alberto Dalmasso from uh, Satispay, both co-founder of Satispay. Uh, Max Ciocciola from Music Match, uh, who you, I know you, you know, you know pretty, pretty well. Uh, Luca Ferrari from Bending, Spood, from Bending Spoons. Uh, Diego Pecentini from uh, Exorcid. And of course, uh, one of the sort of uh, tech royalty in Italy, former Apple, for, former Amazon. So definitely like uh, someone at least pretty good to have on the cup table. Uh, Giorgio Tinacci from Casavo and Matteo Picchi from Poké House, which, uh, you know, we've been talking about. So very impressive rooster there, I would say. So what, what is your take yeah. on this? 
Well, I agree with you. I mean, you have all the royalty from Italy in the, in the startup land from the last, like, I don't know, 10 years, uh, investing in your startup. Uh, I think you can brag about it, like, in quite, quite a bit. And <laughs> for a reason. For, for, for a reason, for a reason. And, and I agree with that. I would have done the same. Uh, and, you know, consider also the founders, uh, Marco Liengo um, and, and his co-founder, they're both um, uh, serial entrepreneurs, so people with connections and the history of building um, good businesses. Uh, Marco Liengo latest, um, latest startup was Ponto Pro. Uh, so they've got a track record uh, and the connections to, 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 to convince good investors to put money into the, into the venture. Uh, even though I would say so, HR is not the sexiest market of, uh, of all. Uh, 100%. I understand if they get, yeah, if they get it right, that's an important, a very important product, at least for the Italian market. Um, and re remember that HR is a very delicate matter, in particular when you're, when you're talking about managing people and payments and payroll and you know paying taxes. And if you get that wrong, you, you get to you go you go to prison. So that's quite an mm -hmm. important function. It's not the same as you know re receivables management. Uh, interesting, that's interesting. About a, a, a really important part of you know, the life. Of that's why probably also has been like found a few like a little bit of resistance in from the disruptive disruptive side. So it's a fully disrupt. I mean, it, it, it's waiting there to be disrupted because HR is a mess in Italy for sure. And I was talking with a few founders, and it's a it's a kind of a black box. You 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 send data to your like HR management company, and then they come back with. The, payroll slip and you don't really understand what's going on in, in that box but uh, hey you comply it's their responsibility let's move forward that's the idea yeah and uh, it's yeah. been there forever essentially so very very interesting challenge for sure but yeah. again with uh, with a high level of uh, you know intensity because of the legal side of it 100 yeah yeah exactly interesting all right, moving forward, um, two major players in the Italian startup scene, Digital Magics and Elf Venture Group, have announced their merger. Uh, with both companies being public entities, this merger creates a powerhouse in the startup acceleration space, I would say. Uh, under the agreement um, of the terms, interestingly enough, Digital Magics will hold 63% stake, while Elf Venture will hold the remaining 37%. Um, so talking about portfolios, Adventure Group currently has uh, investment in over 100 startups with a portfolio value of uh, roughly 30 million euro. Uh, while Digital Magic has a portfolio of about 120 startups valued at around 55 million. So basically uh, with this merger, we've seen the birth of uh, probably the largest accelerator in Italy, I would say. Uh, it's uh, so in terms actually of absolute uh, invested money, it's definitely not one of the biggest, but uh, who cares? I mean, they are like early stage investors uh, starting at the seed phase and the portfolio is huge and uh, definitely super interesting with very, very good founders. So now I believe it's the biggest accelerator in Italy right now. Yeah, I think on aggregate, that's for sure. Uh, they, they have They've been running well. They've been running accelerators, Adventures in particular, since ages ago. Uh, Adventures was probably the first structured accelerator in Italy. So I mean, the, the portfolio dates back at least a decade. Um, and Digital Magic, Magic's you know, as, as, a, as a similar age and has been, you know, is one of the um, 
oldest companies operating in the in the acceleration incubation phase in the So I mean, they've got a very yeah. long history, a very long track record, uh, and a huge active portfolio right now. Even though in, at the senior precise stage, but still, they are basically an index on the on the Italian uh, on the Italian market right now. That's interesting, uh, and the yeah. two indexes are you know merging together. Yeah, I'm. I'm curious to see what uh, what are going to be the big announcement uh, happening later on. How, are they going to merge operation? Are they going to find like uh, how? What kind of synergies are they going to find? Uh, are they going to sort of step up to like a new beast, sort of uh, you know uh, updating all the all the different like acceleration processes? Are they because both companies they have like basically a lot of like uh, wheels moving on different sides. Uh, incubation to advisory to corporate uh, to a lot of things so I'm really curious on where exactly they're gonna focus right now so that's uh, something interesting yeah, we to only, keep an eye on we, yeah I, I agree 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 uh, we only know about uh, the, the final numbers and the, uh, the, of the merger agreement but about operations We'll see. I mean, we we know that the uh, CEO of the combined entity will be the current CEO of Adventure, mm-hmm. uh, whereas the, the the president, the chairman, will be the current player, Marco Guy, the current player, mm-hmm. um, Digital Magic. So mm-hmm. they are splitting uh, evenly in a sense the the the, 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 the apical roles. About about operations, um, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Digital Magic runs a lot of vertical accelerators, mm-hmm. whereas Adventure yes. uh, historically has been focusing on uh, specific business models. So that's in most of SaaS and that type of the type of markets. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see how they will move in the future. And they're also running or co-running a few of the CDP accelerators, probably at least three, four. Mm-hmm among them uh, so there are some synergies over there as well oh. awesome very interesting we see fantastic so uh, talking about last week and let's talk about something uh, let's talk about something a little bit sci-fi I would say <laughs> and let's talk about oversonic robotics uh, which is not uh, you know always so common to find a robotic well a humanoid robotic company in Italy so that's uh, that's pretty impressive actually so Oversonic Robotics, Italian-based company, successfully raised 5 million euro uh, from Sizero, uh, which is uh, basically uh, an investment fund, which we've been talked about. Uh, basically, they focus on cybersecurity and robotics. And uh, the manager of Sizero is uh, AVM Gestioni and uh, Kilometro Rosso. Um, basically, uh, it's, a, it's, it's a co-joint um, child of like like both investor and some serial some like i would say like very prominent entrepreneur in italy to actually boost the robotics space and the, and the cyber security space so um as a part of the deal sizero has acquired a qualified minority stake in oversonic robotics and uh, basically they have a seat in their board of directors so pretty you know pretty interesting way of like uh, managing the deal very willing to overlook and oversight what is going on in the company and so um, the idea of oversonic robotics is to basically build these humanoid robots uh, that uh, will that will be able to actually do a lot of like uh, tasks uh, in various sectors including healthcare hospitality customer service uh, I was reading through the specs uh, because I'm a nerd and so I like to see like what's going on behind the robot. 
Uh, and um, so the, basically it's interesting because there is a lot of like tech involved. There is a, like a lot of like movement camera. The robot can interact with human by voice. Uh, it's, it seems to still have like a little bit of limited like lifting abilities. Uh, I think it's, uh, it's less than like five kilo, but I'm not sure about this information. And uh, so the idea is really probably that um, it, they're probably shooting not really to some heavy industrial application, but more to some like smaller precise task. And talking about healthcare, that's perfect because then like um, supporting people or just bring, moving stuff around, that can be extremely, extremely valuable. And, uh, and yeah, definitely, definitely a very interesting, uh, an interesting deal there. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't have much to add. Um, you said it all. Uh, I think that uh, it can lift five kilos per arm mm -hmm. uh, and can push up to 50 kilos with, um, with the trailer. Uh, so yes, light, light, light work. Um, as far as I understand, it can perform, you know, it can substitute a person in, a, in light work, uh, but in dangerous conditions, for example, I don't know, you have mm -hmm. to get close to some kind of machinery, some kind of heat or radiation, whatever, uh, and can, you can substitute a, a person that's, uh, for example, in that, in that role, in that condition. Uh, but but uh, as I said, it's very interesting to see uh, an Italian company with this type of technology. So um, yeah. I think it, it can't jump, uh, but uh, the, the, the aim is about substituting um, people in, in, in dangerous conditions, dangerous role in, yeah. the, uh, in the industrial setting, possibly. I know. Yeah. Interesting. Um, one interesting element that uh, kind of emerges from the, the tech spec is that uh, basically uh, you can add a thermal camera on request which uh, reading between the line uh, is like seem it feels like military application but uh, again not, it's not necessarily maybe that's the, the way uh, i mean it, there is uh, some security like other security application like home security for sure but it's interesting that uh, that's uh, that's one of the, the specs over there so yeah mm -hmm. i'm yeah like uh, you know it's it's definitely something that uh, you know probably like uh, militaries have been like uh, looking into this space forever, robotics in general. So it makes perfect sense for them. Okay. I was looking at the, the AP grade. I was curious about the AP 34, uh, <laughs> meaning protected from tools and wires greater than 2.5 millimeters. Protected from water spray. So it's water, uh, water spray resistant. Interesting. So kids can play in the summer around it. That's I good. was thinking exactly the same. <laughs> awesome. Any application. Okay. Yes. Very close to your situation. So, you know, we, <laughs> that's so cool. I would seriously think about that. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about the odd case of one trading, Nick. That's uh, that's something very interesting that you point out in your latest uh, newsletter. So uh, one trading, uh, Amsterdam based regulated crypto exchange and uh, a Bitpanda spin-off uh, raising 30 million from Peter Thiel's Valor, Middle Game Ventures, Speedinvest, Kirok and Wintermute Ventures. So, I mean, uh, it's interesting because, okay, you have like a, a very big player here. First of all, like Bitpanda. Bitpanda is one of the 
big unicorn in uh, well actually i think the first unicorn from austria which is pretty pretty unique uh basically spinning off their uh what it was called the bitpanda pro which is essentially like the tool set for institutional and professional investor to trade on regulated crypto exchange so very interesting take for sure trying to sort of uh, boost and in a way revive all the crypto winter happening in the past years so definitely a, a, a very interesting move pretty pretty unique and uh yeah interestingly enough uh the guys have um, one uh operation branch in italy so curious case big fundraising yeah interesting case big fundraising from a very very strong investors you said peter Thiel, uh valar ventures and i love the name anyways uh and also winter ventures love that name as well um uh, it was i was you know and as you said i was really curious about uh, them setting up uh, an operating company in Italy. and uh, as far as i can understand the operating company is the one actually managing uh, the exchange um, and maybe one of the reasons is that uh, at the end of the day the regulation in Italy about around crypto uh, I mean, it, it, it is going forward and there, there, there are some uh, opportunities to get into the sandbox for uh, virtual asset service providers. You can, you can experiment and set up uh, companies doing, for example, trading and, and exchanges in the crypto market. So, I mean, uh, there is, I don't know whether it is a friendly environment, but it's, you know, welcoming enough uh, apparently for a foreign company, for an Amsterdam-based company to pick Italy as, as a country that to have the uh, to receive the license to create an exchange. And I also believe they've got a perfect timing about marketing since, you know, the, the SEC, the SEC is going after Coinbase, uh, is going after mm -hmm. um, uh, uh, Binance, uh, all the big exchanges uh, and uh, I mean, all this mess. Uh, I think that uh, position yourself as a regulated exchange uh, with credible positioning, uh, yeah. I mean, you, you can find the market uh, waiting for you to, to to appear. I mean, very interesting. Yeah, I mean, um, it's a good way to sort of build conf confidence again to the market, uh, the, the crypto market for sure. Uh, I don't know how much uh, it can actually offset the appeal that it was that you know people got into crypto also because it was sort of like. A, you know, uh, decentralized and not necessarily like a victim of regulation and so on and so forth. Now we go back to reality. Uh, there is a thing called government that, uh, you know, it's there hanging and uh, will have a way to and, uh, and will have a say in these kind of things. So uh, definitely the technology, as we always say, stays all the blockchain technology stays like firmly and for sure, like there is always a, a like great uh, like application every year. Um, Exchange-wise, um, also like they're experiencing like new product in terms of finance and regulating them can actually open like a, a very new set of tools for people in in the financial sector. So, I mean, I don't see that as a negative uh, sort of denaturalization de de of the of the crypto part. Well, I, I tend to agree. Uh, I mean, the, you we always have the. Uh the pure players who really want to stay outside of uh, the government reach. Uh, and that's, you know, it's it's one of the better propositions of, of, of the blockchain. 
uh, but the majority of the market will need to get access to some kind of regulatory, regulated environment uh, with um, professional services available and offer in order to, for them to operate uh, as they had, they had been operating on a normal exchange with you know yeah. traditional financial products. You either yeah. take the SEC approach, that's uh -huh. kill them all, more or less, or try to take a more uh, you know a more open approach and try to control the beast in a sense. Yeah, good point. And Absolutely. it seems that Europe, Europe is taking, Italy at least is taking that, that approach. And that's probably recently also Consob opened up uh, a consultation uh, around uh, crypto tokens. Wow. Uh, so the, the, the Italian agencies are uh, trying to talk to the market and understand uh, what the market needs and how the market operates. I think it's a good interesting, approach, sustainable approach. Very interesting. Yeah. Definitely reasonable, definitely reasonable. I mean, we're uh, less uh, sort of risk prone, but when it comes to sort of handling this thing, we're very practical. So that's uh, it plays in our favor for sure. Mm. Right. Let's uh, talk about uh, the first half of 2023 in tech uh, globally and then uh, zooming in in Italy. So <laughs> not, uh, not too much of a happy situation. Uh, but let's focus on uh, on some uh, specifically uh, relevant signals. So um, you point out a few elements in the uh, IPOs market, especially on the Euronext, and which I thought was very, very significant. So uh, IPO activity on the Euronext exchange experienced a notable decline. Uh, comparing the first half of 2023 to the same period 2022, there has been a significant 45% drop in capital raised amounting to 1.8 billion versus 3.2, almost 3.3 billion previously. So this calculation, uh, I was like digging a little bit, includes all the use of overallotment option by underwriting syndicates. Basically, that's the clause according to which underwriting syndicate can uh, add an additional 50% share uh, to be issued beyond the original offering size during the IPO. So all things considered, that's still like a de declining number. Um, in the United States, during the first half of 2023, we see a total of 89 IPOs filed, and but only 46 priced, uh, which I thought was, uh, was interesting also because uh, there, there might be some stopping moments there. Of those 46 of the first half of 2023, 29 are tech related. So a little bit more than, uh, yeah, kind of half uh, is tech related. The rest is probably like a different like sector, industrial, etc. cetera. Um, and that's, that I thought it was particularly interesting. So uh, to push this into perspective, in 2021, there were 414 tech IPOs in the US, of course, during the whole year. So let's cut this number in half eventually. Still not ideal situation. In 2022, 93 total. So, so very interesting, kind of fluctuating, I feel. Uh, 2021 remains like huge, but then uh, the slowing down signals are, are definitely there. Uh, and that's from a global scale slash Euronext uh, Europe kind of scale. Now, if you zoom in in Italy and uh, we kind of, I want to, you know, I recommend people to read the latest report uh, compiled by Growth Capital. Uh, about venture capital market. I thought there was uh, there were some very interesting insights. 
so they have a very interesting tool which they build every every quarter and every half a year which is the VC index and uh, basically their reading is flat which is I mean it's basically steady they classify it as steady uh, basically they basically they um, you know they consider like a few different uh, metrics and uh, the readings is uh, from 1 to 10 starting from underperformance 1 to 3 then steadiness expansion and overperformance so essentially um, last quarter well actually last half of 2022 i think we were like a little bit higher uh, kind of pushing outside of steadiness but this uh, half year we're like pushing back to steadiness actually almost touching underperformance so that's uh that's 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 definitely like interesting um another element uh, and then i'll let you I'll let you say something nick because i know you have a lot to talk about is the um the report kind of signals that there is optimism from the investor standpoint so like a survey say that investors are optimists but we kind of have to so i don't know how relevant <laughs> that that one is a matter of fact is that founders right now have a very hard time fundraise so it doesn't really translate in uh, in like uh, fluid rounds and uh, when it comes to exit uh, there is one slide in particular in the report which is interesting which uh, you know everything is by MA, all the exits is by MA, and all the amount are undisclosed which between me and you you know what that means which it might not necessarily be a good thing so again, it's kind of a conflicting, like bittersweet sort of signals there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no. Um, you, 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 you probably said already almost all of it, uh, and probably uh, gonna just add a couple of uh, of things on the venture capital market in Italy. Um, my impression is that uh, locally. Um, the market is keeping up with last year because local investors are more or less um, continuing to operate. And that we we didn't see new funds, almost we didn't see new funds, probably two True. this year, True. no no more. Uh, but existing funds that raised in the last you know three four years uh, have been operating. There is a lot of angels activity. Um, so in terms of number of deals, you see that the, the number is you know. The quantity of deals is more or less the same as last year. That, that's all remember, it was the record year around venture capital in Italy. But as the report uh, currently points out, the mega rounds are missing. So those are the rounds, the, the 100 million plus rounds, those are the rounds that push you to the uh, billion euros league in, in, in terms of funds raised. Uh, and to get those rounds, you need, you need international investors. So basically, our market is feeling the pain of uh, the Series B, Series C investors from uh, global that they operate globally, uh, and they have been freezing their, their new investments. So um, that's another proof that uh, we are not. Um, core country in the VC market and the moment the, the sentiment you know turns a bit cold uh we are cut out from from later rounds yeah. and you know that's one of the, one of the key issues we need to address either locally or, or, or you know 
globally in, in some way. So this is awesome. probably the, the the most important key point that key, key takeaway that I take from from the from the report. I agree. I agree a hundred percent. Like uh, the the mega trends are real. Uh, there is one slide kind of. Uh, disincorporating the trends from the, the investment from international investors, especially in 2022 and 2021. Uh, what is interesting is that we've, we finally have seen substantial rounds from international investors and the trend is there. So even if on a, on a larger scale, we're kind of like steady and flat, these guys are here, they're watching Italy, they're like doing big rounds and they're really changing the shape of what is being invested in Italy. So it's, it's a real thing and we really need to pay attention with that. So with that said, I think that that is a positive signal. Like even this year with sort of a steady situation, we still see international investors sort of like looking into the market and placing investment, which is very cool. Um, one thing which I also take as a, as, as a positive signal, but this is kind of a more of a big wave coming up from the horizon and building up which is the US IPO uh, market in general. Uh, so um, basically, and usually you can get a feel of the US IPO market through ETFs, uh, especially the Renaissance ETF IPO, uh, well, the Renaissance IPO ITF, uh, which I thought it was particularly interesting. So just to give like a quick 30 second run on of this. So generally IPOs in the US historically peaks in June, in the month of June. Uh, to track what is happening is this basically Renaissance Capital is a one um, investment company that focuses on IPO research and they also have like a few instruments uh, among which are the um, Renaissance IPO ETF uh, which by the way is up 25.8% this year which uh, is very very interesting um, they also have a Renaissance International IPO ETF uh, but this one lost 12%, uh, just to put, it, put stuff in perspective. S&P uh, 500 is about 16% this year. Again, another sort of benchmark to sort of give us some, some sensation. So um, it seems maybe like a, a wave, a positive wave is forming down the, of the horizon from the US. Uh, but again, of course, there are a few caveats of this, which is, of course, in the ETF, uh, you know, we need to consider like uh, older IPOs. So a lot of DPF is, is built actually on top of like older IPOs. So the top four, three are Airbnb, Snowflake and Palantir, uh, which are pretty much the, the biggest holding, of course. And only 51% is tech oriented in this ETF. So yeah, there is some raise, some old like big tech giants are on the raise. So there is some positivity going on. I don't know how it will translate later. But, uh, but it's definitely something uh, to keep an eye. And of course, everything I just said can be disproved immediately by, by considering <laughs> the standard deviation of the ETF, which <laughs> just to give you an idea, it had peaks of 107% in 2020 and uh, minus 57 in 2022. So I don't know if it's a wave, maybe it's a mirage, but uh, we like to keep things positive. <laughs> It's almost a, a roll of the dice. Uh, that, that, yes. Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, I think that that's another bit. Uh, I was reading um, a few days ago. Uh, another important bit to to consider around uh, the public stock markets in the American, in particular, is that probably all of the growth on the SP 500 uh, can be explained by like seven stocks. 
and you can easily name them. Uh, yeah, yeah I, Amazon, Microsoft, Nvidia, and they they, they are the only stock that actually Apple, um, and that's that's important. I mean, you have 500 companies, and all the growth can be explained by seven. Yeah. So you either keep those seven, so you're losing money on the public markets right now. So that's you know. Hundred uh, hmm. percent. Nice. Um, all right, Nick. No, it was a good run rundown of a lot of things. Just like uh, let me add just two highlights, actually three highlights uh, that you also mentioned in uh, one of in some of your newsletter, actually, which I thought it was interesting to actually to uh, kind of deepen the knowledge of what's going to happening in the in the VC space. So first of all is Coatu um, uh, report that you link to the East Midwest report. I thought it was very, very interesting. So I encourage definitely listener to take a look of, at that. So Coatu is a New York based investment company, 70 billion under management, very, very active in the space and different like sort of stages. So definitely some of the big buy, some of the big guys that we need to, to keep an eye on for sure. Uh, the second one, which I thought was interesting was SoftBank and how actually SoftBank is moving into a different strategy. So people, I mean, it's been like a, a kind of a protagonist back and sometimes they come up with some big announcement, big round. SoftBank has been there for, for a while and uh, yeah, they keep evolving. So to keep the track of the evolution, the SoftBank report, uh, you link is also interesting. And finally on a, on a AI note and uh, I don't know, maybe this conversation will evolve into this week in AI uh, so, sort of segment of this podcast is the, the introduction of BARD, Google BARD in Italian. And finally, we can access it through uh, Italian IPs. So you, a few weeks ago, you couldn't pretty much unless you have VPN and everything. Now you can and it speaks Italian. So, you know, let's play with that and see. Uh, I don't know if you have anything else to add. Uh, some very interesting things are happening in the space, and I mean, no, there is. I'm waiting for, yeah, I'm waiting for cloud to to be accessible to Italy. I mean, without going through VPNs for UK yeah. or US, uh, but they're still in beta phase. So I'm, interesting. I'm curious, hmm. but, you know, in AI, cool. there is there is too much going on, too much. Too much. I agree. I agree. I agree. Hmm. All right. So. Um, I think that's it. So we hope you enjoy the latest updates from the Italian startup ecosystem. Join myself and Nicolò next week for more exciting news and stories. So thank you very much, Nick, and uh, see you next week. Ciao, Jack. Ciao, everybody. Have a great week.